The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, Veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night, because today, on this lecture, I'll be honest, this is one of those ones where my work life kind of bled into my, like, casual podcasting life, and so today, we're talking about poison types. Now, the reason this kind of bled into my work is I was working on an activity to tell the difference between poisonous and venomous animals. It just happens to be where I'm working, but I had already looked up so much information on that stuff. I just said, you know what? Let's just cut our work in half for this week and just kind of apply that to Pokemon. Poison typing is not the front line star like water or fire typing is anyway. It's getting more love now with Weezing showing up in those competitions and Poison being one of the biggest fetches of fairy type. A lot of dragons now carry Poison Jab or Sludge Bomb because of how bad fairies are. And it's either a toss-up between Poison and Steel. A lot of people start picking Poison. Uh, The limits of Poison typing, at least as I'm concerned, is that in order to keep the game balanced, all Poison status effects are just damage over time. Like, and they're all around the same levels. You either get kind of poisoned or very poisoned, and the damage over time is what affects it. And the world of natural toxins takes shapes over millions of years of evolution. With all of these concoctions, there's going to be so many different effects that these venoms can have. Most of them are going to involve impairing the animal's nervous system or blood, but others can take completely crazy effects depending on what they bite and what they attack. In some cases, they cause one animal to die and the others to hallucinate. It's fascinating the amount of chemistry that has been done through evolution to protect an organism. And all we can do with Pokemon is just say, ow, that hurt. Ow, that hurt more. Ow, that hurt a little bit more. I kind of want to go more than that. I want to talk more about taking the limits off. Let's hypothetically pull off all of the limiters we put on poison types. Let's actually make it so for a lot of these Pokemon who are based on real-world animals, they get to keep the poison effects of their organism. Today, we're going to talk not just about how poison works, but also which poison types would be absolute most dangerous if they are compared to their real-world counterparts. But the first thing we have to go over is that there really isn't such a thing as a poison type. It's technically more of a venom type. Gee, the difference between poison and venom is for poison you have to ingest it or have it soak into your skin in order for it to kill you. For a venomous organism, it has to actively inject you, or in this case, things like sludge bomb, throw the poison at you, throw that toxin at you. So technically speaking, they are all venomous, not poisonous. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, some can actually be both, though. Um, you have things like the tiger keelback snake, which are poisonous and venomous, but very rarely are you going to go to an organism like that. Now, toxins have been around an extremely long time. To give you an idea of just how long, uh, scorpions are around 450 million years old, and they pack a venomous punch. Keep that in mind. These concoctions have come a long way, and they've been around a very long time. But again, once that toxin gets into your system, the effect entirely depends not just on the chemical, but where it strikes on the body, what sides of the organism they're striking. It all is, it varies so greatly. Uh, spider venom, for example, it's designed to liquefy their prey into a smoothie so they can consume it. But 
If your average spider bites a human, it's just itchy. If it bites a fly, the fly's insides melt into goo. Uh, some venoms, uh, like octopuses, are paralytic. Uh, the death comes not from uh, making like, oh no, the poison, it's overflowing my system. It comes from the fact that your lungs are just paralyzed and you no longer can breathe. Uh, others like bee stings. Um, they don't even have like a direct thing or like attacking your system. A bee sting basically triggers your immune system to attack you for the venom. What I mean by that is once you get stung by a bee, you start to break out in hives and swell up. It basically forces your immune system to overreact and work really hard to deal with it, causing that swelling and causing a lot of people who have an allergic reaction to it, it causes it to go extremely haywater and cut off their breathing. It's crazy stuff. The methods also change pretty wildly based on the organism. Of course, you'll have your things like rattlesnakes and vipers who use their teeth to inject it, scorpions who use their abdomen. A jellyfish literally adapted ridiculously powerful stinging cells that activate on contact and operate even when dead. If you find a jelly on the beach and decide to poke it, um, chances are you're going to get stung even if that thing is long dead because the pneumatocysts, those stinging cells, are pressure activated. One little poke. The harpoon stick into your finger, inject you with pain, and you're going to need some vinegar for that sting. Uh, don't, don't pee on it. It's gross. It doesn't work. So now that we got all that out of the way, it's time for the new rules. In my Pokemon world, all the poison types that are based on real-world plants and animals get to keep the poisonous effects of their original plant and animal. There is now no damage over time poison. It is now going to affect based on the organism. So if you are a spider-like Pokemon, your venom is going to behave more like spider venom. If you are a mushroom Pokemon, your poison is going to behave much more like the toxins found in different mushrooms. There's so much that could be done with it. And let's go ahead and let's start with some of the first poison types we ever encounter. Let's start with Zubat. Now, if Zubat were to get these toxins, it would get the similar venom to that of a vampire bat. Vampire bat venom isn't meant to harm, it's meant to numb and stop coagulation, as in let the blood flow, so that way they can drink more of it. So imagine that from a Zubat. If you get bit by a Zubat and you get the poison status effect, you're not going to be taking damage over time. You're barely going to feel it, but you'll just start bleeding. And the cut that that Zubat just made is just going to keep on bleeding for it to absorb more of your life energy. The poison effect in the game in this one makes sense, but it would be more bleed damage than anything else. It's, it'd be pretty horrifying if you, oh, he, your Pokemon's like trying to fight, your Lucario or whatever feels fine, and then it gets bit, and then it's just bleeding. It's like, no, I still feel fine, and you're like, oh my god, we gotta get you out of here, we gotta help you out. Um, Quillfish, it is based on the pufferfish. Uh, they use a specific toxin called Tetradon toxin, and it is a paralytic and it's meant to stop lungs or gills of whatever's dumb enough to eat it. Now, in this case, if a quillfish used sludge bomb or poison point on you, the effect wouldn't just be, you know, oh, damage over time. It would be damage over time and paralysis. You would actually get double status effect because what would happen is you would get paralyzed. You wouldn't be moving. You wouldn't be able to do much. But then you would go ahead and you would have to deal with the fact that, oh, no, my lungs aren't working. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. That would be the damage over time as your body's slowly shutting down from the lack of oxygen. I mean, honestly, that's where Quillfish earns its intimidation effect for me because I would not want to go near that thing. It is incredibly unfair, but it would be accurate. Let's go keep going into the ocean and you get things like Toxapex. 
It is based on the Crown of Thorns Sea Star, and they can pack quite a punch in the game. Uh, they're a pain to deal with in the game, they're a pain to deal with in real life, but their toxin only causes irritation in the skin of anything that touches it, uh, like a sea turtle or a human. In a fight, it wouldn't be causing a lot of damage over time. You wouldn't be getting like the super toxic wall, but it would just be incredibly irritating. Like imagine falling into a living poison ivy animal almost, and you're just covered in hives and just scratching nonstop. It wouldn't really stop you. It wouldn't really like kill you over time, but it would distract you enough for the fight to continue and for the Toxapec to get its licks in. I think it would be similar to, um, like, imagine a Pokemon fight where you're picking that fight and you're getting all itchy. And it, it might be able to be, like, paralytic, but, like, the kind of paralysis that's in the game where it's, like, sometimes you attack and sometimes you don't. But instead of being paralyzed like the shock, it would be paralyzed by pain. Of all the uh, poison types, I, I don't really mention a lot of the grass ones, so I will mention Victory Bell. Victory Bell would probably be a whole lot weaker with this change. Now, they are based on pitcher plants, and yes, they digest their food with their toxins in their body, but it's not really a venom. It's more like stomach acid, which if you said that, then I guess when I barf, I'm venomous. That's kind of gross to think about, so we'll just call it venomous anyway. But those gastric juices take time in order to digest their prey. Those bugs and those mice or whatever falls in there is going to take a lot of time to get through. Now, don't get me wrong, if I got spit on by that acid... It would probably sting a little bit, but it's not going to melt me away like something out of the blob. It's going to cause irritation and maybe just tick me off. I kind of imagine a weeping bell like spitting on a Garchomp, like a little sizzle, like a pops on the chest. And then Garchomp just gets really angry and bum rushes it with an earthquake. I mean, it's, it's cool to think about how these animals, these, sorry, how these plants can digest animals. But it does take time, and I feel Victory Bell would just get the crap kicked out of it while it's trying to digest. Now, Ekans and Arbok, they would be fun because their venom would change based on how they evolve. Ekans is kind of a combo between a rattlesnake and an anaconda or a python. So, rattlesnake venom is a hemotoxin, mainly. It does have some neurotoxic properties, but what that does is it attacks your blood, causes swelling, muscle deterioration, bone deterioration, diarrhea, nausea. Whereas cobra venom is a neurotoxin, and it shuts down your nervous system. So both toxins would be dangerous, but cobra venom is far more dangerous than rattlesnake venom. Oh my guess. You do not want to get bit by a cobra. They are not fun. That venom is toxic, toxic, toxic. Rattlesnakes, still not fun, but at least the rattlesnake venom is uh, plentiful enough that we can use it for antivenoms. But cobras? Ugh. No, 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 no. Now, by far the deadliest toxin would be that of Toxic Oak and Kogunk. Poison dart frogs are not a joke. They are terrifying when you realize that the toxin in them in the real-world animal acts so fast that it can kill a human being in under 15 minutes. There is no cure. There is no antidote. It goes too fast to actually do anything about it. And so if you were to put this thing in a competition, instead of just having touched it, now it's coating its fists and has hooks on it. This thing would be banned from every competition because there's no time for an antidote or a full restore. Your max revive wouldn't do anything. You're just dead. Any chance you had of winning a competition goes right out the window the second this thing literally just touches you. It's horrifying just how dangerous that would be if poison dark frogs decided to be, you know, combated and learn how to punch. Now, we do have a few minutes left in this lecture, and I thought, you know what, Lucas, let's just take it a little bit farther. 
Let's go ahead and let's think of a few poison types. You know, not a big rant on it, but like, let's keep those rules you made up. And let's come up with some new poison types that we haven't seen yet in the game. We got a whole new generation coming out, and I kind of want to talk a bit more about it because I think it'd be a lot more fun. What are some poison type variants we could get in this game? Uh, the number one venomous animal that I would like to see put into games is the platypus. Now, platypus venom is weird because it only appears during the mating season in males. Uh, males get venomous spurs on their back legs to fight during the mating season. It is extremely painful, and there's barely a cure for it. It is just horrifying agony. I think a cool concept for this would be to have the females just be water typing, but the males get water poison typing just because of how aggressive they can be during the mating season. Imagine literally being so ticked off at the idea that another guy asking out your girl that you develop venomous fingernails. That's how the platypus do. Now, this next one, if you've been a fan on the show for a long time, you'll know I hate this Pokemon's design. It's Durant. I despise it. It's so boring. Thing hits like a dump truck when you Dynamax it, but it's just so dull. I don't care. But I think that you can improve it by making a Durant variant that's a bullet ant. Bullet ants are the most painful ant bite you can get. A bullet ant, when it bites, can cause extreme pain, then paralysis, and uncontrollable shaking as it just rips your nervous system a new one. Not fun. Now, the next one, did you know that we only have one set of poison flying types? That's it, yeah, just the Zubat line. Go ahead, look. We don't have poison flying types. We just have the one set, and it's not a bad combo. It's not great. It's not bad. I think we need a new one. We need a new flying poison type. It doesn't have to be a bat. I'm thinking the hooded patui, the bird with the toxic feathers. There are multiple bird species, but I like the hooded patuis look the most. They have toxic feathers because of the food that they eat, similar to how the poison dart frog gets their poison. And I think it's cool to have this poisonous bird just kind of flying around and being a jerk. Now, what its poison effect would do... I mean, it, in the real life, it just keeps off ticks. But in this case, you know, just up it up a little bit. Make it so if you touch it, you have a chance of being paralyzed or poisoned. Because honestly, when you a bunch of guys tried picking it up, it numbed their hand. Now, the last one I want to suggest is going to be one for a plant. Because if you look at all of our poison grass types, they're based on releasing spores or scents or bad smells or digestive juices. We don't really have any plants that have like an active defense. Maybe, you know, Rose Raid, but thorns on a roses are painful. They're not poisonous. Let's throw in the Gimpy Gimpy plant. We talked about it, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's a dumb name for it. Yeah, well, it's the suicide plant from Australia. The one we touched on where if you touch it, it causes extreme pain for a month if you're lucky. It just kills you otherwise. Some people have literally taken their own lives of how painful this plant is. It is not great. Uh, and making it a pure poison type would be the best bet. Like, have it look like a grass type, but make it pure poison typing. Because that's how this thing appears to me in my mind. Like, it's clearly, oh, it's just a normal bush. Don't worry about it. And why am I screaming, oh, God, please help. Make it like Crabrawler. Everyone's, like, angry that Crabrawler was, like, not a water type. But if you actually look at what it's based on and learn about it, then it makes total sense. I kind of like that about Crabrawler. It's one of my favorite Pokemon Maybe I'll talk about it on one of the conventions. Anywho, that's the uh, idea I had of poison types. Keep in mind, venomous animals, poisonous animals, they're not out to get you. They might scare you a little bit, but we're human. 
we know how to deal with most of them and we know how to avoid most of them. The mass majority of you are listening to me in a first world nation who can handle it. Other people, you know that these animals are living in your area. You know how to handle yourself. And if you don't, look up your local wildlife guides. Ask them how to handle it. You have museums and zoos and national parks out there. Go visit them and ask about these animals and learn about them. There are ways to identify them to make sure that you avoid death. There are ways to prevent things. Knowing your area can save you and that animal's life because some of these animals and some of these plants, they don't have a lot of space left. Uh, if you have, let's say, the hooded patui, that poisonous bird, it only really lives on a few islands. If it loses that area, then it's gone. Um, lemurs have the ability to really stinking muck from their feet. Lemurs have the ability to release horrible smelling fluids from the tips of their tail. And if we lose out of the lemurs, then we lose out not just on a potentially new cool poison type, but we lose a lot. I think it's important to appreciate animals, even if they're not cute and cuddly even if they have venom or poison in their system. On that note, I do want to thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace!